Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. The next few messages that I share with you, uh, I want to talk to you about different seasons. It's really simple seasons that are on my heart to um, share with you. There are seasons where we stay, there are seasons when we prepare, and there are seasons when we go. And uh, over the next uh, weeks, I want to talk to you about that today. Today, I want to talk to you about seasons to prepare. And uh, I'm just going to like go straight at it. Are you okay with that this morning? All right, we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah, and you don't have to worry. You have no shame. Just go to the table of contents. Did you know your Bible has a table of contents? It's the cheat sheet. just tells you the page that Nehemiah is in, because I have to admit to you, I have a hard time finding Nehemiah, um, and I've studied the book many times, and so just, just go find it. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to be in the Gospels as well, talking about um, our, our hero and our Savior, Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit about the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, it's an Old Testament book um, during the Babylonian captivity, meaning the Babylonians came in and captured the Israelites and, and, and carried them away. The book of Daniel uh, is around Nehemiah. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or if you watch the Veggie Tale, Rakshak and Benny, were taken into the king's service in Babylon. Um, Nehemiah is, this is later than Daniel and his friends' lives, but still in the Babylonian captivity. He is... Um, He's serving as the cupbearer to the king, and, um, which is a really honored and trusted position. He gets word about his brothers in um, Jerusalem and finds out that they are in great trouble and disgrace, is what it says, and that the wall of Jerusalem was broken down, which is very significant because when the wall of a city is broken down in that day and age, that means it was vulnerable, vulnerable to attack and vulnerable to being exploited. It was also, a, a, uh, it signified their, um, their honor and respect, and so it being tore down, it's kind of like, you know, riding through to the town and it's falling apart kind of thing, and so his, tr- his brothers and sisters are in disgrace, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and Nehemiah wants to do something. He's got a burden to do something about it. He wants to lead a group uh, in an effort to rebuild this wall. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at how did Nehemiah prepare? Would you say the word prepare? How did he prepare for this great work? And in Nehemiah 1 verse 4, it says, when I heard these things about the trouble and disgrace about the walls being broke down, he says, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then he, he goes on in the next verses to begin to talk about, to begin to pray. And he begins to pray for his people and he confesses his sins and their sins and says, you know, God, we've sinned against you and forgive us. And he shares with God the burden that he has for his people. And then he asks God to give him favor when he would approach King Artaxerxes, um, who he was the cupbearer to the king. The first thing that we see Nehemiah do is we see this, the place of prayer in the season of preparation. And let me tell you, it cannot be understated, the value of just praying. For those of us who are action-oriented, any action-oriented people out there, we want to go. We want to do. We're like that. We don't need to pray. Let's just do something about it. For those of us who are planners, like we're we're putting the plans together. The spreadsheet, ah, oh, fresh spreadsheet opens up. 
Oh, and you're like, oh, what colors will I use today? Did you know you could use colors? We'll talk later. Um, we, but, you know, sometimes we can plan prematurely. We start to begin to plan before we've sought the plan, right? And, and there is no substitution in our life for hearing from God. There's just no substitution and if we go too quickly, we can miss important direction from the Lord. If we formulate the plan too quickly, we may miss God's provision because we are filling in the blanks of how God is going to do it, and he may have some opinions about that. Amen? Remember Gideon? It's like, all right, you know, he calls Gideon as a mighty warrior, and then he tell, whittles Gideon's army down, and he says, now I want you to take you know, a, a torch, and I want you to take a, um, a jar to put, under the torch, to put over the torch. And like, this is not a normal battle plan. Like, this is not the preparation I would expect. But sometimes God has creative ways that he wants to accomplish things, and we want to hear his how, not just his what. Amen? And so prayer, prayer is a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. There's a, there's a waiting in prayer. We found ourselves waiting in the presence of God today when we were worshiping. There's a patience in prayer of just yielding our need to take control and yielding our need to put the plan together, yielding our need to figure it all out. Prayer puts God in his place as the boss because he's God. Amen? And, you know, I... I this illustration, you know, that, that I've used with a lot of young adults and, and young people is, you know, they'll get a vision from God and God will speak to them um, about their future and about dreams and things like that. And I think it's one of the mo most healthy things. We actually did an ad hoc lesson this morning in our, our uh, 10 a.m. life group. Um, and we talked about the life of Joseph and the lessons that he went through. And he had this dream. And the thing about a dream or a vision from God is God will speak something to us. And we tend to draw a lot of conclusions. And the way I describe it is he speaks to us and gives us kind of like an outline, a black and white, kind of like a, a sketch of what he's saying. We go run and grab our colored pencils and start filling it all in. He's going to do it this way and he's going to do it that way. And, you know, like we figure it all out like he needs our help. And I tell young people, it's really important that you distinguish between what God has said to you and what you have inferred. What God has said and how you think he's going to do it. Because God just has a way of showing off and being God and doing things a way that he prefers rather than the way we assume. Doing things the way he prefers rather than the way that we assume, right? And so I just want to, you know, encourage you, like prayer is the place where we can, we can be, we can hear what he is saying. And I just like to keep it separate. What is he saying? What am I assuming, right? And in a prayer journal, there's practical ways to do that, to say, what has God said? Now, I want to, I want to look into Jesus's life today for a moment as we're talking about the need for prayer in a season of preparation. We see Jesus practice this like significantly in his life. In the monumental places of his life, for instance, when he is preparing to go into his ministry, he it says in Mark chapter or Matthew 4 verse 1, then Jesus 
was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You see this season in in Jesus' life, right before he's really going to enter into the ministry with with his disciples, is this season of fasting and prayer. And not only was it a season of fasting and prayer, but it was a season of testing in his life as well. And he was tempted. And, you know, the enemy came against Jesus' ministry. The enemy resisted Jesus' call. The enemy wanted to undermine Jesus' ministry. And I'm going to wager here that if God has put a dream in your heart and God has an assignment for your life, God has something for you, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the enemy wants to resist you as well. And and we, we can go through seasons where we are tested, where we... We doubt what God is saying, where we feel that resistance from the enemy or outsiders begin to question our motives and is it really God? These things, we need to not look at them as, um, we need to not look at them as, I must be doing something wrong. Maybe it's because you're doing something right. What happens is, you know, it's like Mike Tyson, I like to quote Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Probably the, most, the best thing he's ever said. You're like, oh, I got a dream. I got a vision. You know? And what happens is we doubt ourselves. We doubt what we've heard. We doubt a lot of things. We turn into ourselves. And what we need to know is resistance is normal. God gives you an assignment. God gives you a next. God is preparing you for something. There is an enemy he is way weaker than, the, than, than our God, and he doesn't have authority in your life, but it doesn't mean he won't resist you. And we have to have wisdom to go, oh, this is normal. Because what happens is we lose our confidence we lo- in, in the Lord. We lose, like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I miss it. And the enemy's saying, that's exactly what I want you to think. But you've got to know, and in seasons of preparation, there is some testing. There is some uh, figuring out. We, we talked about Joseph and, and his journey from uh, having a, a, a dream to its fulfillment and all the testing that happened in the midst of it. The, the, uh, the struggle is real, as they say. But I want you to know, don't lose your confidence just because you're struggling. Because if Jesus has to face the enemy after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and get tempted by the devil himself, by golly, do you think he's going to resist coming against you? You know, what's interesting is that the enemy didn't come on day one of the fasting and praying. The enemy waited until Jesus was at the end. He was hungry. Hey, see that rock there? Why don't you make it into a nice, fresh loaf of you know, it, he wasn't like, just turn it into bread. He was like, come on, like your mama made. You know, like, you know, can't you smell it now, Jesus? You know, anyhow. Another point in Jesus' life when prayer was such an important part of the preparation is when Jesus was going to the cross. What did he do? He gathered his disciples and he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is what it says in Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to the place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and 
pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to, to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. You know, what's fascinating about this is uh, you can have a whole message just around it. Jesus is preparing to go do something that nobody wants to do. Right? I mean, you think about in his humanity, Jesus is like, they're going to beat me. They're going to like, like I'm going to feel pain. I'm going to have the sin of the world placed on me. I've never even sinned. Like the, the experience that he was about to go through, yeah, he prayed like great, great drops of blood. I mean, like, yeah, he travailed, and he came to that point and says, nonetheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. But where did he get the strength, and, and where, did, where was he to prepare? He was in the place of prayer. It says even that the Father sent an angel to strengthen the Lord Jesus in that moment. It's also um, interesting that Jesus brought his closest confidants in closer. He brought Peter, James, and John even closer. Unfortunately, they failed, right? They, they kept falling asleep. They couldn't tarry. They couldn't pray. And Jesus faced that alone. But I think the concept of us, you know, bringing in people to pray with us, that we don't have to pray alone. You don't have to go alone. There is a one another that we can enjoy. And at the end of the day, the one another doesn't solve it. The Lord solves it. But man, can he use the one another to get us through. Do you know who your prayer partners are? Do they have names? Some of you are like, yep, I know who they are. I can list them off. Some of you are like, eh, I don't, I'm not sure. It's okay. If you're not sure, that's your assignment. Begin to develop a list of a handful of people that you trust that you could say, can you pray for me or pray with me? And you're like, I'm not sure how to do that. That feels awkward. What you do is you just offer to pray for them. Hey, anything I can be praying for you for? Like you develop it by sowing it into other people's lives. And you just say, you know what? That person, you just say, hey, if you need prayer for something, you let me know. Just shoot me a text. Just let me know. And develop that because we need the one another in prayer. Amen? So we saw Jesus in the preparation for his, for his um, ministry, um, the importance of prayer. We see Jesus right at the end of his ministry life and going to the cross, the importance of prayer. But then you see that Jesus has this like pattern of prayer that was day to day as well. There's not just a preparation for seasons. There's a preparation for today, right? We've got a prayer team on Sunday morning. We come in here and you know, we are praying for y'all. We are praying for worship and we are praying for the sick and we are praying. It's a lot of fun. You want to come have fun? Come have fun with us. Um, we just pray, 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 pray. And it's a preparation for what God is doing, right? It says in Mark 1, verse 35, very early in the morning. Some of y'all went, no! Sorry, Melanie, it's in there. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, and he prayed. It's kind of a beautiful picture. He prayed, he, he invited his friends in the prayer, and he prayed alone. He had a both. He went off to a solitary place. And it says in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Here's a little sneak peek, by the way. He went to lonely places, but he wasn't lonely. Did you catch that? Right? Like, that lonely place is not lonely. 
because that's where he met with the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. You know, what we're, um, we're talking about these seasons of preparation, and, you know, we're establishing the importance of prayer. And I want to tell you, you cannot short-circuit or go around the importance of prayer. Um, now, I want to talk to you about, like, the practical side a little bit here as well. You know, when we're getting ready, when we're preparing for something that God is leading us to in our lives, we also um, need provision. We need knowledge. We need sometimes permission um, or acceptance to be able to do something. We need resources to do something. And I want to go back to our story about Nehemiah, where Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king of Babylon, King Artaxerxes. And it says um, he's going to go address this issue of the broken wall and, and um, the fact that he wants to leave his job as cupbearer to the king. Now, cupbearer to the king is like a very practical thing. He literally would test the food of the king to make sure the, the king didn't die. How would you like that assignment? Like, king's just watching. How you feel? Good? Okay, now I'll try it, right? Like, like, like what an interesting job. Like, better you than me kind of thing. I don't know. Um, so he has this job. So asking to leave a job, I don't know. That, do you have a backup cupbearer? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Um, I'm not in the inn on that. But so he's going to go ask, and it's a big deal that he's asking, this is what I'm getting at. In Nehemiah 2, verse 2, we're going to see how he continues to prepare for going. So the king asked me, why does your face, he had entered into the presence of the king, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. The king said to me, what is it you want? That's a really powerful statement. What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. I what? I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will the journey take and when will you be back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set the time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king... May I have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so that he will give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall for the residence I will occupy. And because of the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. The king asked what is it that you want? I got to tell you, there's, that's like an executive like, question right there. Like, okay, cut through it. You've told me the story. You to, what do you want? Spell it out to me. That's a king acting like a king right there. And he prays and he's like, okay, here we go. I mean, you can imagine like there's a wide variety of what he could ask. But the Lord puts in his heart exactly what to ask for. Do you believe that God will provide for what he commissions you to do? Do you believe that if he gives you an assignment, he has provision for you as well? 
Now, if you're like me, you would rather that, you would like that provision to just like show up. You know what I'm talking about? But see, Nehemiah has this step of obedience that's not an easy step of obedience, right? Now, he has to answer to the natural king, what is it that you want? He's like, all right, well, so I want time off from work, right? Um, I want you to send me to rebuild this wall. Um, I want letters of your protection over the work that I'm about to do so that no one can mess with me. Oh, and I want the checkbook, the timber. I want the wood. I want whatever we need in resources. I want you to give it. And the question I have for you is, in the season of preparation, are you ready to articulate what you need? Are you ready to articulate it to the Lord? Sometimes, you know, and he can rewrite it. Go, no, you don't actually need that. You need this. It's okay. But at least we're having the conversation, right? Are you, are you willing to ask for what you need? And that, like I said, I really struggle with that one. I would rather just to just show up kind of thing. Um, and, it, you know, it's something that God is working inside of me. Like, why aren't you willing to ask kind of thing? And for me, there's a self-sufficiency that, that, I, I, that I, to, is, work has a, it's overworking in my life. And God is like, I would rather you be less self-sufficient. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very American. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> God has a specific resource plan, and you've got to seek him for it. When he sends the 12 in Luke chapter 9, he said this, He told them in Luke 9, 3, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Those are very specific orders, isn't it? It's interesting when the Lord says, don't take it. You know, with traveling and stuff like that, I've got my like stuff that I take, right? I used to take a lot more than I take now. Now, like I've whittled it down. There's like a and I want a light backpack and all those kind of things, right? used to think I needed all this stuff. Um, I, I think it's, an, it's a test in itself when the Lord says, you already got what you need, right? But see, then there's another time in Luke chapter 22, same book of the Bible. It says then in verse 35, then Jesus asked them, when I send you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it. If you have a bag, take it. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and get one. What we learn is that the Lord has specific strategy and plans and resources for every assignment. And what you did 10 years ago might not be the way the Lord wants to do it today. Right? And so we got to seek him and say, well, this worked last time. He says, yeah, but this time I'm saying, take everything you got. Oh. This time, take nothing. Really? Like, this the thing about God is he really likes being God. And he's really not interested in you and I trying to take the job. And what we don't realize is sometimes when we want to stipulate how things are going to come to pass, we're actually edging into his territory. And the thing is, is what we want is we, we want his covering, his empowerment, his blessing, his provision, his plan, not ours. Because he's really, really good at being God. He's been doing it a long time, and he's really good at it. And that's when things work out best, is when we let him do that. I want to look at Luke chapter 9 one more time, because there's an, uh, there's an important part in here 
in verse 1 and 2. And um, Jeremiah, I'm only going to do the first uh, couple verses this time, of this scripture. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases, and to set them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The other thing that we have to receive in in preparation is we need an impartation for the assignment. He gave them power and he gave them authority. Here's the thing. There are some things you can only receive from him. Do you hear that today? Like like you need his empowerment and his authority. And here, here's, here's where it kind of works together. Remember how I talked about like how the enemy likes to come and test like your resolve and, and resist what you're doing and all those kinds of things, right? One of the things that the Lord gives you in a season of preparation is power and authority so that when you are walking out that thing and you're in the go season, we'll talk about that later, when you're in the midst of the go, you need some confidence that he has given you the power and the authority but your confidence is in the one who gave it to you. That you know what? This assignment came from the Lord. So wherever my feet shall tread shall be given to me. When we were in, um, when we were in uh, Nags Head, uh, we visited a church and the Lord gave me a word for a pastor. And um, I thought, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll give it to him because I've been to his church a couple times. doesn't know me. So I thought, I'm not going to make this weird, but I'm just going to share it with him and kind of you know, let him have and I saw a picture of this pastor walking into different stores throughout Virginia Beach and shops and things like that. And when he would walk in, the picture I saw was that the demons that were harassing people would leave and go to the back room because of the authority that was on this man. And that they would have a moment where the scales would fall from their eyes and that that pastor could, as an evangelist, like have a conversation with them and be reaching them without the barriers and without the resistance and the distractions of the enemy. And uh, I shared that um, with him. I told him my name is. I didn't tell him what I do and all that kind of stuff. I just, um, I, I, I told him what my name was. I shared the word with him. And he said, you know, he said, I was looking at the scripture about Saul's, the, the scales falling from Saul's eyes last night. And he said, I received that word kind of thing. And what the Lord was doing, you know, in a, in a word like that is he wants us to know at times, hey, when I'm sending you, there's authority and there's power. It says that he gave them power and authority. And the thing is, is with an assignment and with a, with a go and with wherever you go in your life, there, there is a grace and an, an, an authority on you wherever you are. And, and, and I mean this like if you are headed to work somewhere in Short Pump or Richmond or Goochland on Monday morning, do you know that God has an authority over you for your role and your realm of influence that you go? You are the Joseph in that place. You are the person who is sent in that place. You might not be the honcho over, the head, over everything, but you have authority and a grace on you. And I, I want to encourage you that when you go into your workplaces and go into the places where you serve and have relationships, you should go with the confidence that there is an empowerment of the Spirit that is on me for where I am. I'm going to say that one more time because I'm going to give those online and those in the room an opportunity. When you go places, there is an authority and a power on you for where you are. I'm going to do it again. 
Well, I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it first, and then I'm just, I'm just going to keep giving opportunities. Um, I can be here till discover. I'm good. <laughs> My lunch is here. <laughs> Here's the reason why I'm telling you. It's because in life, when we, go, when we come and go to places, what happens is we face resistance or we face things that we don't expect. And what ha- we begin to doubt and we begin to fear and we begin to, you know, how do I handle this? And in your mind and in your heart, you need to have a disposition that the Lord already knew you would be there today. And that his provision is already there for you today. And he has a way for you to respond in that moment and in that place. And what the enemy does is he tries to get us into patterns to where we are in our day-to-day places, but we don't um, walk in the power and the authority that the Lord has for us. And I, I, you know me, I, I'm not talking about like, what, like you're ruling over people. I mean over the realm of the Spirit and over the, the grace to interact with people and to use your gifting in a place where you are free to do it. The fact is, here you go, you ready? There is power and authority for every place that you go. Amen? It is there for you, and it should give you a confidence that, you know what? God knew I would be here today. God knew that person was going to act like that today. God knew that my company was going to face this. God knew, and he knew that he placed me here. And so, God, what is my assignment today? And that's what I love about Jesus you know, and going off early in solitary places. And I want to tell you today, when it comes to preparation, I'm talking about seasons of preparation for things to come, but there is a preparation for the day. There's a preparation for the day. And I want to encourage you. Some of you love to prepare early in the morning. Some of you would prefer to prepare in the evening for the next day. However you prepare in prayer, there is no substitution for that place of prayer, that place before the Lord. The other thing I'll say to you today is, if someone comes to you today and says, what do you need? Could you answer? Could you you answer that question? Say, this, are you willing to say it? Would you stand with me today? I want to pray for you today and pray with us. And... um, as I close in prayer, I want to encourage folks who are online, if there's something specific that you need prayer for, um, reach out to us. You can call the church number. You can email us at friends at victorychristian.church. If you're in the room today and you might have something going on in your life where you're like, I just need some prayer. It could be healing. It could be something that's going on in work, family, and those kind of things. You're like, I could just use to pray, for, to pray with someone. As I um, close in prayer today, Um, our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. And I just want to tell you, if you need prayer, don't resist or or don't don't leave yourself out. Just come and and ask for prayer. Um, And and you you never know, the Lord might just give you the word of the Lord in the midst of that time of prayer. And so I'm going to close in prayer and then we'll have our prayer team come up and you're dismissed. And if you would like some prayer today, come and get it. Father, we love you today. God, you're not a God who just calls. You're a God who prepares. And uh, Lord, may we be a people who are well prepared for what you have for us to do. Well prepared in you. God, would you strengthen that prayer muscle in us. Our confidence in prayer. Father, our patience in prayer our persistence 
prayer. Oh, we love you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you for preparation. Thank you for resources. Thank you for what you're doing in us. And Lord, we thank you, God, that there is an, a power and there is an authority for every assignment that you give us. I pray for those today, even as they're going back to work tomorrow, Lord, that, Lord, we would discern the, the realm where we have influence and power and authority and where the enemy can't tread and where, Lord, we are the light. Not We are not being encroached on by the darkness, but, God, the light dispels the darkness. And, Lord, we just thank you for that power and authority. May we wear it with meekness. May we wear it with confidence. May we wear it, Lord Jesus, in a way that brings joy to your heart. Lord, may we go knowing that we are already covered in you. Lord, we seek you for your wisdom. We seek you for your heart. We seek you for preparation. Lord, for those today who they are in a season of preparation, would you show them how to pray? Would you show them how to seek you? Would you, Lord, separate the what you have said and what we have assumed, Lord God, just so that we, we know uh, and can delineate between the two? God, we thank you that you prepare us well. You ready us well. God, we love you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.